I don't know what I'm going to say. This is Podflix, episode 164. I am Paul. I'm Nish. I'm Willie. Good evening, gentlemen. Good um, evening. <laughs> um, so tonight we're going to be talking about um, Molly's Game, uh, which we which we watched, um, the 2017 movie um, starring Jessica Chastain. But before we talk about that, um, I want to talk about something that I know you guys are super excited about. That's right. The Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yay. <laughs> I didn't know until you guys were pre-show rambling that it was four hours long. It's four hours long, Willie. We've committed to watching this. We committed to watching this a long time ago. Who Paul, committed to Paul's watching behest. this? I, I don't remember agreeing to this shit. Uh, I did when you guys weren't looking and nobody vetoed me. So we're watching it um, at some point. Um, uh, four not fucking next, hours. But, but we're watching it soon. Uh, so buckle up, gentlemen. Um, right. This is be- uh, we're doing a live commentary on that one, right? Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody just- would survive that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh but I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by this movie, and I'll tell you why. Um, what I'm fascinated about is, you know, like whatever people demanded it, and I, 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 I am a little bit fascinated that there are big fans of the Snyderverse of, of movies, because I think they're kind of the worst superhero movies we've seen in quite a while, um, but to each yep. their own. Um, and I actually think it's, I, I on its face, I do think it's actually kind of cool that it's just something like fans demanded and like they were just like, well, why not? Like we could just do it if, people, if there's interest in it. Like I think studios should do more of that kind of thing. Um, but what I think is amazing is basically everyone's, everyone's going to, because they're already saying it, they're gonna like basically give him credit for like the movie that he would have put out way back when. Um, but this is totally not gonna be that because there's been extensive reshoots, um, and he has been able to take all the feedback from Justice League and then make changes to it based on that feedback. Obviously, something he would not have been able to do um, if he had just been able to finish the movie originally. Um, so I feel like he's pulling a fast one everyone and people are gonna be like see he would have made a great movie and it's like well first of all i don't think it's gonna be great no matter what comes out of it this that this is what i'm excited for i'm excited i'm not really excited but <laughs> i'm like this movie is gonna come out and it's still gonna be shitty i am convinced of it like there <laughs> is no be way shitty. the yeah, bones of this no movie way are we're shitty. gonna watch this four hour piece of shit and be like wow it was actually kind of good like no, we're not gonna say that it's it's going to be shitty <laughs> And then we are going to get to see all these Snyder fans contort themselves to talk about how great it really was because they're going to be locked in. Like there are going to be very few of them that are going to be like, nah, you know what? That was kind of a piece of shit. Like, I don't know what happened. Like they're going to be like, ah, dude, like it was as good, if not better, as I hoped it would be. And it was it's going to be like, oh, my God, like. Yeah, it's, I, it's... I kind of can't wait. And I'm preemptively already like horrified by the idea of having to wade through that. I, I can't imagine it not being a total train wreck because, like, the underlying four story hours, is a dude. mess. Um, four hours. I know. You, what, what's, could, what would be, like, the second longest superhero movie ever? Good question. Uh, like, Man of Steel at two and a half hours? Or, or Batman v Superman, Superman. possibly. Yeah. All, all of these have been kind of long. How long was Justice League? It was a little shorter, right? 
it was a little bit shorter, I think, because you know they had Joss Whedon had a little bit of restraint, um, and and cut it back a bit. <laughs> Good thing he had restraint for something. Um, <laughs> oh man, sorry, Josh, Josh Whedon is taking a fall. Um, yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, 120 minutes, so it's an even two hours. Which these days is like fucking short for a movie because so yeah. many movies just sail past that two hour mark and don't even look back. Um, it's kind of amazing how long. I, I would love to see some data on the average runtime of movies, Ooh. just kind of in general. Yeah, Batman v Superman was 152. God, and it feels every inch of it too. Like it, it, it is plotting and slow and a mess, and it's worse than Justice League. No, no doubt about it. Um, so, but, um, so Nish, I know you have kind of seen Justice League. Kind right? of. Little, I've I've seen parts and pieces. It might be able I've, to piece I've, it all together. I've seen I've seen a lot more. I would say like of the ending ish, like like the last I don't know however long the last forty minutes or so of it than I've seen the beginning parts, which is probably not good because I I imagine that maybe I'm wrong, but I, I've, from what I saw, like some part of me hoped or or was just praying that the beginning of the movie that i haven't seen as much of is a better no the the, the the movie gets better when superman is in it oh that's not good yeah it's worse without him yeah wow um what about you willie did you see did you see justice league no R- remind me if you i don't know if you guys know this the, the chronology of the of the movies coming out because saw the Superman movies and then I watched half of Batman V Superman and then gut says justice league was after that. And I was so disappointed it with was, Batman V Superman that I was like, I'm not fucking watching this. It was after that, but wonder woman yeah. came in between them for, for what it's worth. I'm mentioning wonder woman cause she is also in justice league. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, t- we tell, we talked about my feelings on wonder woman. Yes. When we talked about wonder woman, 1984 it was not enough to convince me to watch a turd of a movie. Right. Plus it got such bad reviews. Which one? Justice League. Oh, Justice League. I thought, yeah. I thought they were doing Wonder Woman for a second. I was like, no. And then wait, <laughs> Suicide Squad, is that all in the same universe here? Oh, fuck, yeah. I forgot yes, about Suicide it is. Squad. Yes. Um, yeah, because Affleck's Netflix shows in up it. in there. Yeah. But, like, how can they keep running down this fucking lane when it's just like every movie is panned? I mean, the reason is because I think like DC sees Marvel doing it and they're like, we, we need to do this kind of a thing. And, and they're getting away from that somewhat, although I guess the Ezra Miller Flash movie is still coming. Um, <laughs> the, the, fu- the funny thing kind of about this is like, I think actually that like Henry Cavill wasn't a bad Superman. I actually think Ben Affleck wasn't a terrible Batman. I think like Ezra Miller is not bad. Gal Gadot is a good Wonder Woman. Like, I think they cast these movies pretty well. Um, the stories are shit, and like the dialogue they have to say is shit. And like, it was made by someone who doesn't seem to really like superheroes at all. So uh, they're not good movies. But I would, I would kind of like to see this cast in a good movie because I feel like that would they could actually be good. Um, at this point, I don't know. Like, I feel like Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, got like the reviews were essentially were like that was pretty good. And that's the best review any of these movies. Pretty good is the best review they've gotten for any other movie. Oh, the first Wonder Woman movie is by far the best of this crop. Like, yeah, no it's problem. the best no and, and easily the best reviewed as well. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, guys, I have I have, I have our winner, <laughs> by the way. For what? Longest superhero movie? 
Yeah, it got to be a winner. Endgame is three hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I realized as we were going through this, I was like, Avengers Endgame has to be really long now that I think about it. But, yeah, you know, sure. it's a little different when the movie doesn't feel like a slog when you're going through <laughs> it. it. A little, yeah. <laughs> a little bit different when it's exciting and paying off like 22 movies worth of stuff. And it's not just people punching each other for hours on end. Right. There is a fair amount of punching going on, but there's a lot of other stuff, too. I mean, there is a fair anyway. amount of punching, but like there's yes. way, way more in these you know, yes. Batman movies and Superman movies. And, and way fewer character beats. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I yeah, so I am I'm super curious to see this. I feel like it's going to be a huge train wreck. Um, but this is also something like uh, I'm not going to make you guys watch the original Justice League, but I think Thank it's you. pretty rare. <laughs> I mean, it might be worth doing just because like from a filmmaking point of view, it's so rare for a movie to get like a massive reshoot and recut like this. That being able to compare the two, I think, would actually be interesting. Like, not from a like a are these good movies thing, but just from like again, like a filmmaking point of view. Like, you don't get to do this. Like, even the um, the recently recut um, third Godfather movie, like, didn't get this heavy of a treatment, right? Like, they they didn't shoot any new footage. They had what they right. had to work with, and they worked around it a bit and reworked it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or have seen it, but like, I haven't seen it, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's not as big of a reworking as this is. I can't think of a movie that has, that has gotten reworked to this to this extent. Um, there probably is stuff, but like this is this is serious. Four uh, hours of a commitment in one movie is enough. You're not getting six and a half for me. Agree. <laughs> I mean, that's totally we, fair. As I call back a term from a couple episodes, garbaggio. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly fathom what is being added to this movie to make it this long. I on I like I really can't. I, I yeah. I, I am very, I mean, th there is like a small part of me that wishes I had a better like grasp on the original Justice League so that I can know when I'm watching the new one exactly what the new parts are, but not enough to go back and watch it. Not, not, I mean, not nearly enough to go back and watch it. Just going by the running time, almost half the movie is going to be new stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's it's completely crazy. The, the only thing I know of just from like, you know, what, all the hubbub when it was coming out that is stuff that was definitely cut and is in there is like there was like a bunch of joker scenes right right i believe uh, the, yes there's the joker the, the cherry little joker that no one's asking for more of is going to be in the movie yes um, and apparently and, is going to look less like fucking emo yeah again hey look at that you get the benefit of um right right of it's like to oh, feedback. Why, why don't we just make him look like heath ledger again <laughs> But didn't they also change the main bad guy in the movie? I, I'm pretty sure they did. They changed the way he looked, right? That's that's what I had heard. I, I, I or or did they actually change him completely? To was it originally going to be? Is it is it was it originally actually Darkseid? Um, well, I think I think it's. I don't know. My prediction is it will be Darkseid in the new movie, and it was. Yeah. You know, step I'm talking about people who I know next to nothing about except for their names. I am not well versed in DC Comics. I'm not either that that much. Yeah. Um, I, I really only paid attention to Green Lantern. I, I, I say this because I'm looking at Willie's face and he's like, who the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, believe I no me, I, I know not who am I, I. I do not know who I'm talking about either, except for their name. <laughs> the other thing that I find like completely ironic is they're calling it the Zack Snyder cut. And the more I think about it, the more I think 
it sounds like he didn't really cut anything. <laughs> no, in fact, he filmed more and added right. more stuff to it. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that'll be a train wreck we can totally look forward to in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're dragging you all with us, listeners. So I have a question that you may not know the answer to before we uh, move on from this. Mm -hmm. Um, He reshot a whole bunch of footage, as you said. Was Ray Fisher part of that? The guy who played Cyborg and who is like very publicly in this huge feud with Warner Brothers right now because of the way he was treated on set by Joss Whedon? Which I realize is not just Zack Snyder, which is why I'm wondering. Right. My understanding is yes. Okay. Interesting. Like uh, that basically um, everybody but Henry Cavill got additional stuff shot. Got it. For and I guess that reason. was I guess that was easier to do since Henry Cavill is not around for a huge chunk of the movie. Yeah, right. Basically, like if you add a if you stuff a whole bunch of stuff into the first two thirds of the movie, you can, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't need they, Superman. Did they try to get Henry Cavill, but he had like grown different facial hair again and they were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> We, we cannot do this again. Well, he's got he's got the Witcher hair now, and they, they just That's right. they just can't cut around. They, they were going to have him with the long gray hair as Superman. They just his Witcher, his Witcher get up. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he insisted on appearing shirtless in a hot tub the whole time. And they, they passed. I, I I have to imagine like the the one thing that I can say that hopefully Zack Snyder did, which will be an improvement, is that they went back and tried to correct the effects on the mustache removal. So my understanding is none of that. Um, he has said publicly that nothing that Josh Whedon shot will be used in the movie. Um, so none of Interesting. those, none of those mustache none of those reshoots. Reshot, right. Will be got in it. There. Yeah. Okay. So he's just using the original stuff that they had shot. Yeah. Which I imagine which means feels... all, all levity has been removed from the right. movie whatsoever. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, I just assume that anyway, because you know, it's a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Hey, I guess we'll see. We can yep. all be re- can't, can't wait. Thanks, yep. guys. Four hours, no less. I, lo- I look forward to the to the episode where we review this, and you guys just spend the whole time cursing me out for making you watch this, or raving about how good it was. <laughs> that would be amazing. There definitely needs to be. You're going to watch this first, Paul, and then I need you to tell me the multiple places it's appropriate to pause it and pick it up later. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say none because it's riveting and you have to you're glued to your seat for four hours. I'm sure the answer is going to be you could pause it at any time. You could probably skip over entire sections and Yeah, my whatever. guess is you're not going to know what the fuck's going on at any given point. So it's totally fine to stop it and pick it up because you'll be just as lost as if you had continued watching. Great. Four hours. I, can't, I cannot even fathom. <laughs> Uh, this would sell like 25 tickets if it was in a movie theater. It, this would not exist if it was in a movie theater and there's <laughs> right. no way it would be four hours if it did exist. Right. Yeah. There, there's no way. This is, I, I, I think I, my prediction is this is going to be the most self-indulgent crap I've ever seen. But yeah, just having a, a Zack Snyder cut that's four hours long is without even seeing the movie is pretty self-indulgent. And this is coming from a pretty fucking self-indulgent director <laughs> yes, to begin really with. Yeah, I mean, I make no aspersions on what he's like as a man. Like, I have no fucking clue. He could be a prince of a, of a guy. But uh, as a filmmaker. <clears throat> um, speaking of self-indulgent directors. Ha. 
The good movie, segue. Thank you. The movie we watched um, is Molly's Game from 2017, uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Um, and Nish, why don't you give us the quick recap of this movie? First, I want to note we have we have now for this for this show watched both Aaron Sorkin directed movies. Because I believe there are only two of them, and these are. I apologize, guys. I recommended this movie because I'd seen it a while ago, and then when it came on, I was like, "Oh fuck, it's another Sorkin movie." I totally forgot. Yeah, Yeah, we're a bunch of Sorkin heads. We we, we like Sorkin, so don't really need to apologize. Okay, so Molly's Game. Uh, This is a true story. So the movie is based on the true story. It takes a little changes a few things about uh, a uh, woman named Molly Bloom who was a former competitive skier. Um, she had to leave the sport because of uh, injuries and, and whatnot and ends up uh, in L.A. and uh, through a series of connections, ends up basically running a an underground poker game for uh, celebrities, uh, you know, famous uh, actors and rich businessmen and athletes and all sorts of stuff and makes a ton of money um, and then uh, does the same thing in New York. Uh, it ends up becoming an illegal poker game. We can get into that. And then she ends up getting arrested by the federal government. And so the movie takes place kind of in two different places. It, it tells her story up leading up to being arrested to, for the federal government. And then it, that is intercut with uh, scenes where she is talking to her lawyer and getting ready for sort of the case against her. Right. And so talking about this movie, I think the the best way to to get into it, I think, is talking about the writing, basically, of this movie. Because um, this, speaking of long movies, this movie is two hours and 20 minutes um, mm-hmm. and probably has a 500-page script because it is the most Sorkin-esque dialogue, like, turned up to 11. Like, it's so rapid-fire. I, It's very hard to keep up with. I was, um, was going to say, like, I, I was, like, half an hour into this movie and it's like, no one could ever mistake this for anybody else's movie. It's like, it sounds like a Sorkin movie. It takes place in or around a courtroom, which like half his movies seem to do. Like, it's like, you know, it's like perfect Sorkin movie. Yeah. So, so what did you guys, um, what did you guys think of the writing? Um, basically. And like, I, for the most part liked it. Um, you know, Sorkin traditionally has trouble writing female characters and he stumbles a little bit um, with the main character here, but I think generally pulls it off um, and, and does a pretty good job. Um, this is a movie I think I will probably end up watching again because I feel like I, I must have missed a lot because, again, the, the dialogue is so rapid fire. There's a voiceover, um, which I was expecting it to get placed, but never gets placed in the movie anywhere. Like, for instance, I was expecting to find out, like, this is her telling the story to her lawyer or to somebody else. But it's just like a, a disembodied voiceover that kind of never ties in. Um, so, you know, just in case the characters on screen weren't stopped talking for a moment, um, the voiceover was there to make sure there was plenty of dialogue so you didn't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, what did you guys what did you guys think of the writing of this movie? Uh, I, I would say um, <clears throat> I didn't mind it. I mean, like, like I said, like I'm, I'm kind of attuned to like Sorkin stuff. So I have a higher tolerance, I would say for, for it than some other people may, but like I did tire of it sometimes when it was the voiceover, I was better with it when it was actual dialogue. And when, when characters were kind of being matched up against each other, 
um, I, I appreciate it a little more there. I mean, he he's usually better at that kind of stuff anyway. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, you know, the, the kind of the witty banter back and forth kind of thing. You know, in contrast to that, I, I did like the narrator, if you will. I, I feel like um, I, a couple things with this. Maybe it's just like a byproduct of the way I consume media these days. Like immediately when you're thrust into this movie, you have to pay attention. You cannot be like dicking around on Reddit. Absolutely. You can't like, so <laughs> maybe it's like a Sorkin trick or maybe, you know, I'm drawn to those movies where the, like I, I'm sucked in pretty quickly and realize like, okay, I'm watching this thing. I need to put everything else down and actually watch this movie and not be distracted by stuff. The other thing is like, I think he uses that narrator, uh, to establish who Molly is like it's all all that narration if you notice it's all about numbers and math and like establishing like this is a businesswoman who's just not some athlete like she's she's a math woman and and, and like that's going to come into play very very soon yeah yeah for sure um, um I think that yeah, I, I think I, I like think that's what that narrator was. Was all about establishing, like Molly telling you who she is. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I I do agree with that for sure. But it did it did make the movie a little bit relentless in that way. Like I, I mean, I, I put this on. I think I sent you guys a message. I put this on a little bit late at night, and I was like, oh no, two hours and twenty minutes. And like I was like, all right, I'm gonna settle in for this movie. And like the movie started, I was like, oh man, I have to sit up and like pay attention because like I you know. Yeah, and it, and well, it did at a couple points. I think because of the voiceover, feel a little bit relentless. Like I, I'm just like I just need, like I just need a minute or two to catch my breath. And like Sorkin, I think that was the point though. Is Molly was pretty fucking relentless. I don't think. Well, I I kind of disagree. I think that's sort. I don't think Sorkin did that as a creative choice. I think that's when he's unbound. When he's a writer and director, like that's what he's going to do. Um, <laughs> I think that's just kind of his natural state. Um, and, you know, you're not going to get like a, a scene to like catch your breath and get, you know, a pretty establishing shot or, you know, a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of like pastoral scenes or something like that. It's like, nope, we're just like the camera works very like straightforward. And it's just like, this is, you know, we're here, you know, you're here for the dialogue. You're, that's what you're here for. Um, that being said, I thought, you know, Jessica Chastain as the lead did a great job with it all. Um, she is um she's omnipresent in this movie um in a way that like main characters um aren't always like you're you're either seeing her or hearing her like all the time um i'm not sure there's a single scene that's not from her that do doesn't include her or is that I, I was gonna say i didn't i didn't think about it until now but now that you're saying it it's like i i don't think there's another scene that's like between two characters that are not her right like yeah. I, I can't think of one offhand and and generally i think she crushes it like uh, some of the writing for her is a little bit uneven like she's played a, they she's written a little bit like there's a little flip floppiness where she's written overconfident or like extremely confident but also scared um and and can kind of like flip back and forth at the same time like i'm thinking of the scene where she where she first meets idris elba's half american half british lawyer um <laughs> i feel like he's, his accent slips more in this movie than it does in others um but, um, you know, she's kind of going back and forth between being like the ultra confident, super com competent woman and like a woman who's like scared and over and in over her head. And I felt like 
maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I felt like mm, this is a little bit of like, you know, old West Wing-esque Sorkin leaking back in here, like um, as, as, you know, for writing for a woman, like I said at the top, like that he's not always the best at. Um, but I thought she did a great job with the material and, um, you know, I found her, you know, really interesting to watch. I like the way, um, you know, she was very matter of fact about everything, even when things started going off the rails and she like, um, yeah, she just, I think, I think she just gave a really good performance here. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, she had, she had a lot to do. Like you said, I mean, she really does have to carry the movie and, um, I think she does a good job. I, I thought that even the scenes you're talking about, I thought at least that the her being scared or a little more timid was like at least somewhat warranted to some degree in those scenes because because of the situation her character was in a little bit. Like it wasn't like the old West Wing, like very very confident woman suddenly becomes weirdly flighty around men and like, is kind of like kind of kooky, like for no apparent reason. Right. Yeah. Um, like, like, like I, I didn't read it quite that way. Like there was a little bit where it's like, well, you know, she's just been, or, yeah. And she kind of more or less says this like arrested and like guns pointed at her and she's had two days to get a lawyer and she has to like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it makes sense that she'd be a little like shake, like a little rattled and, and maybe not quite herself the same way. In, in that scene and like similarly like scenes towards the beginning of the narrative where she is just meeting like getting in like she doesn't know anything about poker and she's meeting all these big celebrities and kind of like finding her footing in the beginning to like kind of make herself sort of indispensable like those I think play pretty well also I think th- that part of the movie I think works better um, yeah. when she's when she's yeah figuring out and she's like working she's learning she's paying attention and she's like Working an angle, right? She's or she's right. getting ready to. She's making right. a plan, um, and I thought the I thought that aspect of her being unsure but super competent. I thought that part played better than than it did later. Um, right. I just thought it was that those scenes I thought later were were missing some nuance that they could have used. Um, and so you know, since we're talking about her, like let's let's talk about the cast a little bit because the cast is. Interesting, I would say, in this movie, insofar as this is a movie um, that has celebrities in it. It has celebrities playing other celebrities, um, and 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 a bunch of like no name people, you know, as well, who turned out are actually professional poker players that Sorkin wanted in there. Um, so, yeah, generally, like, how do you let's let's talk about the casting and those performances a little bit. Yeah, I was, this was really, so, excuse me. So I was aware of this movie, um, but I'd never seen it. But I I was only aware of it in that I remember it was like nominated for at least one Oscar. I think it was nominated for screenplay. And I remembered like, oh, Molly's Game. Yeah, I kind of remember that coming out. And all I knew about it was that it was named Molly's Game and starred Jessica Chastain. And I kind of thought Molly's Game was a dumb name. And that's it. Like, that's all I knew. And so it was really interesting to go into the movie and be like, there are a lot of people in this movie, like, like, you know, like Idris Elba, you already mentioned. Um, and then, you know, a lot of other, you know, uh, folks in it, you know, Kevin Costner uh, is in it and Michael Sarah and uh, um, Jeremy Strong, who now makes more <laughs> sense to me as to why he was in trial of the Chicago seven. Now that right. I know he was also in this. I forgot he was in this movie and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Right. 
Um, and uh, who, who am I forgetting? There, there are a number uh, of Chris O'Dowd. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, playing a very different. Uh, it was interesting to see Chris O'Dowd in the role he was in. Not, yeah. not, not having his usual uh, whatever, whatever accent he has. Actually, not is he? Is it Scottish? I'm not really sure. Um, or is it? Or is it just like a different part of England? Or is it Irish? <laughs> he's he's fucking O'Dowd. I should know this. He's probably Irish, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna wade into that particularly pool because I, I, I get I get in over my head really quickly. I uh, yeah, like like I just did. <laughs> Irish, he's Irish. All right, great, he's Irish. Can we um just talk about that up? <laughs> um, can we talk about Costner's character for a little bit? Yes, and, let's do. Yeah, because kind of he, pull that apart a little bit. I mean, he's really he's he's really making a third act like name for himself playing real shit dads in movies between <laughs> yeah. this and, and man of steel. Um, like I was surprised that he kind of bookends this movie. Um, and, and, and in a way, like it doesn't appear in large parts in the middle or is talked about in some flashbacks, but, but doesn't appear, but then comes back in a big way at the end in a way that I wasn't expecting. And, um, quite frankly, didn't really like, um, Oh, it's funny you say that because, like, I, in interestingly, like, I did not like the way he was just kind of like injected there, but I did like that scene quite a lot. I, no. I actually yeah. agree. I did. I didn't want to like that scene, but it kind of got me in a weird way. It might have been like because it was one thirty in the morning or whatever when I was watching it. But like, <laughs> but but like, I I. I, I agree with you, Willie. I, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, he's coming back here. But then, like, I, I got to say, the scene kind of got me it, it, by the end. So. All right. Well, if yeah, if we're going to talk about it, I mean, what what I didn't like. So we're talking about the scene at the end on the park bench, and right, yeah, the three minute therapy, thirty minutes of ther- thirty years three, of therapy in three minutes yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, the thing, the, the couple things I didn't like about it was like his character. His character has grown and learned nothing in like the whole over the whole course of the movie. The movie essentially takes place over twelve years, right? It it starts more or less with her accident in the Olympic trials and ends with her, um, you know, her courtroom sentencing. Um, and in the course of that movie, uh, the Kevin Costner, the father character, learns absolutely nothing um, and is completely a shit dad and is completely unremorseful about it at the end. In fact, like she at one point even calls him out on it and he doesn't even admit it then. Like he, like he brushes it. He's like, well, you were like a total asshole. Like that's your problem. And he's like, he's like, well, I raised three kids that are very accomplished. So I must've done something right. I'm like, all right, like way to be a dick about it. Like even right. at the end kind of thing. I didn't, I didn't read it like that. I, I think he listed that off and said, I did some things right, but I know I fucked up. Yeah. That's like the, yeah, it, it felt very much like the non-apology apology. Like, like, Oh, come on. You can't be too mad at me. Like, look, look what, look what I accomplished. And, um, and like, I think the way this ties in, because the Idris Elba character, I can't remember anybody's names is also like a very, a, a father has a strong presence in his kid's life um, in a similar but different way to Kevin Costner. Like he's pushing his kid to study more and learn more and is like quizzing his kid and, and making her write book reports and stuff um, outside of school. And um, in the end, like um, Molly is basically like, no, you're, he has a moment where he's like, am I doing the right thing by doing this? And she's like, no, you are 
like you should push your kid like this and i'm like i i guess but like also at the same time like she acknowledges like yeah how many parents like you know how many parents of olympic um athletes do you think are like super overbearing and stuff like that and i'm like yeah he was like he kind of what i don't know i just feel like he was like he's not really in the movie much other than in flashbacks i think it's impossible to show any growth you're in the, it would be weird to be like oh look at how much kevin costner has developed at the uh, very end of the movie when we haven't seen him in two hours i mean i kind of just dis- i kind of disagree because they make a point that like he did she cut him out of her life for a long period of time right and like you would think hmm, maybe that would trigger a moment of self-reflection and be like why did she do this um like and and he admits at the end that like basically is like you saw when i was young cheating you saw me cheating on your mom when you were young and basically i took it out on you for all of your childhood um and that's just the thing that happened like not even like sorry for doing that or that wasn't fair or you were a kid and didn't deserve that and i should have been the parent and like you know you know that none of that is just like yeah that's what i did like sorry that's why i was mean to you and it's not even sorry just like that's why i was mean to you um, and that's like, that's what rubbed me really the wrong way about that, about that scene at the end. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I, I guess I just kind of assumed that there is an apology in there that we just don't see on, on screen, like the way that he said it. And then the way that he kind of like breaks down a little talking about like her, her getting beat up and all that kind of stuff at the very that end. That was like, fucking weird because he just <laughs> like, he went on that like four or five times. It's like, I'm just going to make him suffer. I'm just going like, <laughs> to I get it, dude. I don't know why you're just like, like I don't know why we're lingering on this for like a minute and a half of this. It's super weird. Felt, it, but anyways, I like the anyway, scene. It I was one of my favorite it scenes. Felt, it felt like she should be there being like, it's not your fault. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not your fault. Like over and over again. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. I, I did think with the bad dad thing that it, it was a little much the scene where he told um, Jessica Chastain that she should have let that bus full of kids die. <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's just me, but took a minute. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, Kevin Costner is just scarred from the end of field of dreams when he's like, dad, you want to have a catch? And the dad's like, <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, his, his takeaway from that was like, I was weak to ask for that. I was weak <laughs> to ask for love. <laughs> Never again in my movie characters. <laughs> I did like I did like Idris Elba's character a lot. One of my favorite scenes was um, in the courtroom when he's trying to decide whether he should represent her or not. And he's like, switch seats. He keeps yeah. doing switch back. seats. And it just keeps back and forth. Like, that was really... That was really well done. I, I yeah. did like that too. And I like when they were having the big argument at the end and she busts out like, uh, she's like, it's the only name I have. And she's like, oh, so now you read The Crucible? She's like, yeah, it was really good. He's like, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they go right back to the argument. And I was like, nah, you got me there, Sorkin. Right, those are, those right. are, that's a funny moment. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I did think, I, I thought he was good too. Um, um, I, I, I would have liked to have seen more of him in the movie. Um like there's 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 a there's a bit in there where they go a really long time without flashing back um to the to the lawyer stuff yeah um and i wish i wish they i wish we had seen him more and i thought that the interplay between the two of them was good yeah um, I, so i, I, I like their banter especially because like in the in the in the scenes of her running the poker game which we haven't actually really talked about yet like she's 
that's a lot of voiceover because she basically has nobody to talk to um, through those scenes. It's like her watching poker is a lot of what we get there. Yeah. Um, so I like I like the scenes where she could play off people. So so the poker scene since since we're getting into it. Um, so I haven't seen every movie that has poker in it. I've seen some. I felt like this was one of the better ones in terms of actually displaying poker in a very realistic way um, of, of like, you know, like, like I'm thinking like of other ones, like fucking like Casino Royale, where it's like Texas Hold'em for dummies or something like oh, going, yeah, going on yeah. and or like uh, or like Rounders, which like isn't, you know, is like might have been fine back then. But like like reading it or watching it now is like a little bit like mm, like this. This feels a little simplistic. Yeah, I have a lot of nostalgia. I, I, I like Rounders a lot. Let me let me. I was going to say, straight. like, if you're talking poker movies, it's this one and Rounders. Like, that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah. No, I I love Rounders. Like, I, you it's know, not, you know, if, I, if, if Cool if, Hand Luke is a stretch. If if Michael Sarah had ever busted out a pay that man his money, <laughs> I would have I would have loved it. Um, we should talk about the people in this movie, and kind of, since it's based off of a true story, that was the first thing you guys did Google and try and figure out who they were. I thought it was interesting, for what it's worth, that we're very upfront about being at the Plaza Hotel and all that kind of stuff, but we had to change Viper Room to Cobra Room in the beginning. Like we couldn't say that 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 uh, p- poker game was in the Viper Room. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, which I thought was a little weird. I mean, the Viper Room is pretty famous. Like, I I know the Viper Room. Did you immediately think it was Derek Jeter and not A-Rod when she was talking about the famous Yankee player? Yes. Oh, not me. I, like, I, oh. I glocked it to A-Rod immediately. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was talking about, about Jeter um, yeah. until I Googled and saw that A-Rod was, <laughs> was in, the, uh, in the poker game. So who is... Um, Michael Sarah's player X. I mean, it says in the Wikipedia page that it's a composite of, of, of various celebrity actors who were part of the game, but there is one more than the others, which you can say. Yeah. What, what I, what I read about the movie is that that's, that's basically Topher Grace. Uh, Oh, I read it was basically Toby McGuire. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Toby McGuire. (laughs) Okay. Good. (laughs) I've been been Topher Grace. I don't remember being in this at all. Uh, Yeah. 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 Toby McGuire. Right, think of Spider Man three. Yeah, which which what makes sense though, right? He was in the opening scene in Ocean's Eleven. Topher Grace, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> God, now you're just confusing me even more. Um, yeah. yeah, I, 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 God, I had, I did have a moment where I was hoping he was where Michael Sarah was playing himself, even though that wouldn't entirely make sense, but I kind of would have loved it. Um, he would have been like 12. <laughs> well, that's why it wouldn't have really made sense. Um, yeah, and 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 I guess Justin Timberlake fe- features heavily in the book, but it's kind of like barely represented in the movie. Like they kind of have a character who kind of looks like him and kind of dresses like he apparently did at the time, but oh, that's about it. Who's Justin Timberlake in the movie? Was that Justin the guy at the, be- the guy at the beginning wearing the hoodie and the headphones. Um, oh, apparently he was a rock star. Okay. Yeah, apparently he was like noted for always wearing headphones when he played. Um, and he and Tobey Maguire are apparently good friends. I don't know. Hollywood gossip. I don't know anything yeah. about it. So other other people who were part of this poker game included what? It was like uh, Leo, obviously, was was also in on this poker game at times. Since Tobey Maguire was, that would make sense. Yep. Um, and uh, 
who else? I feel, I feel like I was looking at this before and don't have it in front of me now. A-Rod, we already mentioned. Um, what's his name? Uh, Phil Ivey, talking about professional oh. poker players. Right. Uh, was right, right, right. was someone who was part of it. Uh, Phil Ivey must have just taken everybody's money. You would think, right? Yeah. Um, so- yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking for other people. Uh, Macaulay Culkin, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Nelly. Nice. <laughs> very, very interesting people in this. Yeah. Mm. Not not in the movie, but in the actual poker game in real life. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I did think it was interesting. Like I I, I had a lot of um, moments in the movie, and this does come up at a certain point where I'm just like, like, how is how is this working? Like, I guess like what if someone just doesn't pay? And, and then like, they kind of reveal that she's kind of not doing anything if someone just kind of doesn't pay. Right. And um, that's kind of the problem. Like that's kind of what leads her to end up taking, taking a rake in, in the New York game and which makes it an illegal poker game. But it's kind of because there are all these people she's gotten stiffed a few times up to that right. point that she's taken on a lot of risk. Right. And she, and she gets to the point where like they they basically say that like the Italian mob notices or the, you know, the American mob notices and, um, tries to move in on the game and like she gets incredibly lucky that they end up getting like arrested the next day or something um, and can't do it. But um, yeah, I thought like, man, she's thinking about this being like a true story. Like, man, she is really pretty putting herself in a pretty dangerous position um, yeah. by doing this with like a, a, essentially no protection and, you know, dealing in like huge quantities of money. Um, it's, it was, you know, it's really, it's really quite something, I think, to to be able to pull that off. Um, I wonder, like, how the hell when you have that, like, how do you pay for things? What do you mean? I'm sure she was not paying taxes. So you have this. No, she was. No, she, she was paying taxes because they, they, they talk about, like, how in New York, like, her first year, she reported $4.4 yeah. $4 million of income. And, and it, like, even shows a tax form as she's saying it. Like to Jeez. kind of drive home the fact that it's like, yeah, she was like actually reporting all that as income and paying taxes on it. But she only got paid in tips, right? So it was four point four million in tips. I, yeah, and you know, like if that's not fucking fishy and setting off red alarms, I don't know what is. Well, she said she was like an, an events committee. You know, she ran like an event. Right, plan. right, right. Like she incorporated, right? Like she, she, she had a. So, so yeah, it was tips, but I'm sure she like. Yeah, and those effectively, tips were basically her salary. Right. The way the way she was able to do this is if you don't if you just let people play poker and you don't take a portion of the pot, um, if you don't take a portion, a portion of what's been bet, like I'm trying not to use any terms, um, it's effectively not illegal or at least probably in in the spirit of the law it is. But in the letter of the law, it's not. I still wouldn't feel great if I got arrested for it. I wouldn't feel great about my chances. Right. but you know that's what she did for years until she basically had to start taking a rake. Like she shot, she had to start taking some of the pot to cover. It was a fine line, right? Fine line between just like making too much money and having to cover too much growth. Growth was her enemy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she could have just chilled. She could have chilled and ran that poker game for decades, making four million dollars a year and been fine. The second she wanted to make twenty, that was the problem. I, I, in a way, but like also, 
I don't know. I feel like like her her her, her mob problem wasn't going away forever either. Yeah. Um, like I think, once you I, get- think, I think I think like the bigger thing was probably like back in L.A., which was always going to be a problem because of the Michael Sarah's character's ego, basically, that like in the end, as she kind of says, like he really always viewed it as his game. And as long as that was the case and he was sort of more important to the game than she was like that, that was always going to happen at some point, which basically, you know, basically in effect muscles are out of the game by just saying like, you know, you're, you're going to kind of do it my way or else I'll just go play somewhere else and take everybody else with me. Um, but I, I feel like that was the game that she could have done forever if if it hadn't been for that dynamic. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree. I think, oh, something else I wanted to mention about the, the poker playing. There's there's like, you know, there's one scene in particular like where a guy's kind of going on tilt or about to go on tilt and they're flashing. I like that scene a lot, by the way. That, 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 that whole like set up with that character and yeah. like the payoff on it, I, I really like that part. But sorry, yeah, go ahead. Th- th- but the thing that the thing that grabbed me in that scene is they're flashing up like what's um what people's hands are and stuff like that, like while that's happening. I'm like, oh, this is what they had and they had the best cards, they didn't know it, and this is what the other person had. And they're flashing those cards up so fast that like I couldn't process what I was looking at. I'm like, I know how to play poker, right? Like, um, and um it was just it was just like it was impressions kind of coming at it, you. It was, it so was fast. easier to listen to what she was saying than to watch the cards, which is not often the case. Yeah, like, it was easier to hear her say like, like, you know, he had a full house, like kings full of nines or whatever it was. And like and like know that than actually see what the cards were when they like showed up on the screen. Yeah, I feel like and I felt like and, and, and I bring it up because I felt like that was Sorkin trying to be a little bit fancy or like do something kind of visually interesting in the movie which he doesn't do that much and i felt like yeah it was pretty unsuccessful um i mean you know i'm glad he tried it but um he does it a couple times in this movie like he uses he definitely uses i can't remember where now besides there but i definitely noted a few times in the movie where he used like the you know like like drawing on the screen kind of stuff going on and like circling things um I mean, the opening scene, he draws the path that she's going to take the mobile right. down the hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, a, that was a better also, successful. That was, that was a more successful version of overlaying that stuff on there. Yeah. For sure. Doesn't he also have something where it's like a slope? I, I can't remember if he's talking about like. Oh, the slope of the hill compared to the pyramids and all that yes. stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, there was that, that too. Yep. Yep. There is a lot of fucking information in there. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the other, I love that scene. I broke my leg in a ski accident from having my din settings too high. Like I was like, "Yep, I know exactly what this is." Oof. Oh fuck! Sorry, Zencaster just gave me the can't save audio error. Um, I don't know how long it's been there. Um, I don't. We're gonna plow through to the end. All right, we'll keep plowing. All right. <laughs> Maybe another lost episode in the end. <laughs> that would be a bummer. Yeah, it would. Um, so I, the other thing I wanted to talk about with this movie was the end. Um, and, and again, I know that this is based on a true story. Like, I can't fault the writing for it, but I find ultimately Molly's decision at the end to be a little bit baffling. Um, and effectively, what I mean is she decides in the end that they offer her a deal where she has to effectively turn over 
um, all the dirt she has on people. She's collected all this dirt on people and she saved it all, all this time. And she had to turn it over as part of discovery. And they say, if, if you turn over all the dirt that you have, which by the way, would come out in trial anyway, um, you can get back all the money because the government seized, you know, civ- civil forfeiture. They took all all of her money. Right. Um, and, and and one note on that really quickly. She didn't intentionally save dirt on people like she wasn't like trying to save dirt so that she could like use it against them. It was that basically she saved her old hard drives and she didn't realize that her old hard drives like saved like that. All of her text messages and stuff like that got saved on the hard drive whenever she would plug her phone into the computer. Right, so she, she didn't even know. Phone. Yeah. yeah, like she didn't even know until the lawyer, until Idris Elba tells her that all these t- old text messages and emails were on those hard drives. Right. Well, let's be honest. We'd all chirp like birds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, would think so. Right. So ultimately, what she decides to do is she, like these assholes who treated me shitty. Right. Which, right. which, which Idris Elba makes that point. Like, like you're protecting these people. Like, where the fuck are they? Like, you're in trouble here. Where are any of them to help you? Right. And she's saying I, she would she could take the deal. She'd get the money back and basically get immunity and not get prosecuted for anything. Um, or she could not take the deal. The information would come out anyway. And she makes the point. But I wouldn't be the person getting it, putting it out there. Um, and she could potentially you know, go to jail for a significant amount of time. And she says she's not going to do it. She's going to plead guilty. And the thing which I guess says, does prevent the, the information from getting out. Right. There's no uh, trial. But she says, like, this does spare her name. Um or like her name remains untarnished, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, does it? Does pleading because guilty for guilty. A, <laughs> does pleading for guilty a to a felony protect your name? Like, does that make you seem honorable or like whatever? And it's like, I, yeah. I guess, but like that seems it seems wild. I think um, I think the my name was a misplaced thing. It's it's really like her own sense of integrity, right? That 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 she really means. It's not. Like, because when you say your name, you it means like your reputation, and it's like I think right. your reputation is kind of fucked. Like you have all these, like publicly, you're known as like the poker princess and all this shit. Like it's unfair, it sounds like, but like you know, I don't think people are like looking at you and thinking like, oh well, she's a paragon of integrity. Like they're thinking way worse things of you than are actually true, as as we kind of find out through the movie. She's actually like a pretty good person in general, and you know that's not what people actually think of her. But I, I think what she means and is not doesn't come across well is that like her own sense of integrity would be intact like her personal integrity like she did not give up this stuff like she lived she lived up to whatever her code was like you know that that she felt she had to live by she needs to have dexter's code you know (laughs) different code (laughs) that would be a different movie (laughs) um i think it's uh, i mean willie you brought up before (laughs) Uh, it's safe to say I would not have made the same decision that she made in her in her situation, um, but yeah, I also think that like I also think the legal system is not about integrity or justice or whatever. Like it's you know it's a machine designed to extract certain things, and if you beat the whatever machine, that's wants. fine. Yes. Yeah. 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 I also feel like I mean it would be different if like any of the people who played it or games were made out to really be good people but like none of them really were like the only ones who you could maybe say were okay people were like the ones who she then says later on are like all like in jail or like want to kill themselves or like stuff like that like 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 the uh like the guy we were talking about who was on tilt who she says is like in jail and probably wishes he was dead it's like well like it's probably not gonna like one he's not the guy you have like dirt on first of all he's just some dude and second right. of all, it's like, it's not like, you know, it's like the people you have dirt on are like, 
for all we've seen, kind of assholes. So, I don't know. Like, I, I recognize that it's not that she also doesn't want to hurt, like, their families, like the wives and kids who, you know, presumably are innocent or, or relatively is, so. Which is interesting because, um, you know, she is from a family where, like, her father betrayed her family. Um, and, and, th- and then she's now siding with the betrayer and not with, like, the people who were betrayed, as it were. Like, she's saying, like, I, I want to, you know, the people who betrayed their family. I think, like, she's saying, basically, it would be better if I did, never found out that my father was had cheated on my mother. Um, right. Yeah, that makes sense then, right? In a way, is that, yeah. Is that true, though? Like, is it... I don't, is, I, I don't know if it's true, but if she feels that way... I mean, you can make the case that someone could feel that way. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I would feel that way. But I, I think there's an argument to be had. Like, some people would say it's always better to know the truth. Like, you know, the, the truth is the most important thing. And some people might say, like, well... You know, it could have been ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah. In some way, for some things, ignorance is bliss, right? I mean, yeah. And 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 ultimately, like she, this is the second time in the movie she gets incredibly lucky. Like the first time is when the mob comes after her and then happens to get arrested immediately after that. So right. She she dodges that literal bullet in that case, and in this case, she pleads guilty, and the judge is basically like, "This is this is dumb. Like this is not a big deal. Like I can kind of see this for what it is. And I'm throwing out the sentencing recommendation and just giving you like probation basically. And she, and she gets away with, you know, I mean, she's still pleaded guilty to a felony and apparently can't go to Canada. Um, but otherwise, um, seems mostly, seems mostly fine. Um, so, you know, it, it does work out for her in the end. Um, which is good. Um, I did read that she had to get a, the, the real life Molly had to get a temporary stay on her being banned to go to Canada for like a couple of days. So she could go to the premiere of this movie, which I thought hmm. was funny. Um, so yeah, ultimately it worked out for her, um, I guess, but you know, an interesting decision um, that she <laughs> made there. Um, what else? Anything else you guys wanted to bring up about this movie before we slap a couple ratings on it? Random comment. Um, the the judge looked very familiar to me, and I couldn't place him. And then I looked him up, and it is uh, it was Graham Greene, who's actually I know he's he's a Native American actor who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Dances with Wolves. He was the oh, wow. he was like the medicine man guy in Dances with Wolves, who like Mary McDonnell is like his adopted daughter. Oh yeah, um, I recognize this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought that was just interesting in and of itself, but it also means that there was a stealth Dances with Wolves reunion in that last scene because Kevin Costner is in the courtroom in the back um, when he gives his, you know, little, when he gives his little spiel. So he sure is. Yeah. Yep. So apropos of nothing, but thought it was interesting. Um, The other thing that I did want to mention was um, I was pleased. You know what I'm going to say, guys? I was pleased to see that there were no scenes where someone peed the bed. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. You got me on that one. My mouth was open. Yeah. You should have known. <laughs> Beds and sleeping in general do not figure heavy in this movie. No, no, not really. And I, nor did peeing that I can remember. Was there yeah. a scene where someone peed? I don't think so. I mean, there is a, there is a scene where someone hides in a bathroom. Yes, there is. But no peeing takes place. No, again, that we know of. It's over the phone, so we don't That's know what right. he was That's doing right. in there. We have to assume that there was off-screen peeing during this movie. I, I mean, mean the movie takes years. place over 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think I think it is, yeah. 
it is likely that somebody peed at some point in this movie. Um, everybody pees, everybody poops. That's right. That's right. They probably also farted. But it is very possible that nobody peed in their bed over the 12 years. <laughs> Although if somebody Likely. did, I'd be betting on Chris O'Dowd's character because he was pretty fucking drunk most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might have peed his pants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I'll need a moment to collect myself. Willie, why don't you put a grade on this? <laughs> I like Sorkin movies. I like the tempo. I like how snappy everything is. I thought everything tied together. And I told you, ironically, my favorite scene seems to be your least favorite. But still, 4.5 out of 5. Two and a half hours seem fast. Wow. All right. Uh, wow. Nish, what about you? Um, I liked this movie i um it's hard for me to figure which grade i'm gonna give it because i admittedly i hadn't i didn't necessarily have expectations for this movie and so i think that figured into being kind of like happily surprised that it was like oh it was a pretty good movie like you know and, and it was i i do agree with willie that two and a half hours or two hours and 20 minutes or whatever it was went by more quickly than i expected i I stopped watching with an hour left and went to get ready for bed and midway through brushing my teeth was like, fuck it. After I brush my teeth, I'm just going to get back go back and finish <laughs> this. And I did. I, you know, I didn't I didn't want to wait until the next day. I was like, oh, let me let me just finish this and see where it goes. Um, and so that's pretty good. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a four. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I would I would recommend it to people. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie as well. I. I would have liked the. I, th I thought it could have been a, a little bit tighter. And I think there's like a two-hour version of this movie that's probably better. Um, to be honest with you, I thought a, a lot of the flashbacks to when she was a kid and like family life, I could have done without a lot of that stuff. I like, would agree I, with I, that. I feel like you can get what you need to learn about her as a person and a character, like in a more economical way. And otherwise, like that didn't add a lot of flavor to the movie for me. Um, so I, I could have done without that part and, and tightened up the movie a little bit. That being said, I totally wasn't bored by it. Um, although I was definitely exhausted by the time I finished <laughs> watching it. Um, but yeah, I am, I am predisposed to like Sorkin stuff. I like Sorkin things. Um, it's also a four out of five for me too. Nice. Strong good, grades. good, uh, good choice, Willie. I'm glad, I'm glad you had us watch this. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of good choices, we have another good choice coming up. For what we're watching for next, I'm killing the segues in this episode. Really um, for what we're watching the next episode, um, we're going to be discussing um, the first season of the Disney Plus show *WandaVision*, um, and it will be even. I know we always spoil stuff in these shows, but man, buckle up because we're going to spoil the hell out of this one um, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, there's no way to prance around it. No, no. We, we wouldn't be able to have an episode if we didn't at all if we weren't going to spoil things yep so um yeah so um look for that in the meantime um why don't we go to the mailbag nish what do we got we have a doozy which is to say we don't have any uh we don't we don't have an email that i that, that i know of but if we uh if someone would email us at talk to podflix.com com Pod, oh my god pod, <laughs> no wonder my, my new venture no talk to podflix at gmail.com there we go um 
then maybe we will have a uh, uh, some some stuff in the old mailbag next time. In the meantime, let me maybe see not if though. Thought I don't know. is available. <laughs> it's got to be available, mm-hmm. right? I would think so. You would you would think so. It is available. I'm not going to buy it. I have too many pointless <laughs> domains already. 